This is the Black Creative Handbook with your host Cassandra Lauren Gordon. This podcast will help to inspire, motivate and give that blueprint, the manual for success for people in the creative businesses, for people from the African and Black diaspora to help us just move along, get that bag, and no more starving artist syndrome. No, out the door. Co-work with us. Be with us and be successful and get the gems. You might have heard in the podcast or you're going to hear it soon that this was called the Creative For You podcast. Don't worry about that. It's Creative For You. Let's be successful and be positive. Hi, this is the Creative For You podcast. This is your host, Cassandra Lauren Gordon, and I am here with... Hey, Sol. <laughs> okay, great. So one sentence to describe yourself. So to describe myself, I would say nonconformist and simply a mood within whatever vibration or sound. Okay, so what's the mood today? The mood today is fresh face. <laughs> I'm I'm all about fresh face, man. It's you know Old, nice and fresh, all of that. <laughs> I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It should why why not? You know, sometimes in this um social media life, you just don't know who people are these these days, but it's good to see, you know, the real self, you know, and showing that. So I'm going to, for our viewers, listeners, however you consume the lovely um, podcast today, I'm going to read a bit of your amazing um, bio. So just give me a second. But I'm just so excited because I know in the, the previous podcast, I just get so excited on this musical journey, um, talking to different creative artists. And I'm, I was so excited to talk to you today. Uh, because I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to let, read a bit of your um, bio and just leave it. Okay, so Queso is a multi-genre singer and songwriter hailing from East London. A young, talented woman in the game, Kay's voice is best described as contemporary jazz, neo-soul and blues amalgamated with the growing R&B genre. Queso prides herself on expression, understanding and clarity, a trait she champions from her Jamaican and Ghanaian background, thus bringing Afro-swing fusion to her music. The foundation of her sound includes artists she grew up listening to, including Erica Badu, Jill Scott, Amy Whitehouse and Beyonce. You might find Kay's music in the playlist of Among London's Rising RB Talent. Her ethos includes a drive not to let her sound be boxed into one genre. Okay. So, in 2020 alone, her single Kitty Cat has reached over 11,000 streams on Spotify organically. With production that includes... Isaiah, High Hill and Black Keys, K-Soul is due to be a household name in whichever genre playlist she lands. Wow. There is a lot there to unpack, K-Soul. There's a lot there to unpack. So, okay. Usually in the podcast, we start from the beginning. So tell me about yourself and your background. I know we described it a little bit, but let's expand on that. 
So I am from East London, but I feel like the fact that I am half Ghanaian and half Jamaican comes mm-hmm. up into the personality and addiction of my music. Mm-hmm. So from time to time, whether I'm singing with, you know, a British American accent, you would still hear the odd dialect of patois in there mm-hmm. somehow or maybe some broken English with some some African patois as well. And I feel like it's just simply because I, I more or less write how I how I speak. So if I'm having the everyday conversation with one of my friends, one of the girls or one of the man them, I will literally write a song in that conversation. <laughs> so I feel like I've got a lot of influence there from my, my culture and my surroundings. Um, and yes, within music, I would just say that it's always got a message within it. Even if it's a, a song, you know, a normal lovesick song or a song about Kitty Cat, there's always some kind of deeper historical or Black history me- message within what I'm actually saying. But sometimes I am quite vague with it and it has to be broken down. Um, but yeah. Could you exp- because I think I've mentioned this in other, uh, just talking on this, on this journey I am um, about embracing identity. And I just, it's weird. Like, I think I told you just before the podcast, like I'm a jeweler and I was finding it really struggled. I struggled um, how to kind of convey my Jamaican heritage and my black heritage or whatever into my jewelry because when I first started in the jewelry trade people said don't show it too much because you're not going to get much customers don't put yourself out there and now I'm just like f it I just don't care now and um, it seems to be weird like you know those you know the old saying just be yourself yeah and and it seems to be working (laughs) because you know I've just changed totally direction so how do you go through the process of feeling comfortable to express your identity being authentically you in your music and staying true to it? I try my best not to follow sonic trends. So whatever mood I'm in mm-hmm. to release in that moment is is the mood I'm going to stick with. I'm not going to say, oh, because I plan to release an EP next month which consists of you know a bit of a more emotional mood just because maybe the sun's coming out does not mean that I'm going to go change up everything and go put out a song which is a bit more dancey or perhaps on the the Afrofusion side I always stick to what I want to let out to the world because I feel like it runs in order of how I'm actually feeling Mm. so whether whether the feeling I've gotten over it and expressed it already, I still need to fully get past it by releasing the song. So I, I somewhat, I somewhat release in, in order towards my own healing because music for me, it generally heals me. The last song I put out, even now listening to it, I'm like, yeah, girl, you was feeling something. You, you was actually triggered. And having put that out into the world, is a release for me. So what's next is also going to be, be a release of you know, pent-up emotions or just 
anything that I've put in that song that I haven't released to the world. So I just, it's more personal. So I think that helps a lot. That's that's my strategy, the fact that it is personal to me and it is lit- literally my healing process. Okay, so I think before, that's interesting. So there's two things I want to pick up. One, it's about the healing process because I feel like in this quarantine life uh that's why I think I've turned to a lot of music just for healing and to feel it and whatever chimes with me I don't know if whatever just resonates with me that's what I like and that's how I just came across you um when is it healing is it the healing for the creative process or when it's finished or when you hear it when does the is it multi-layered where does the healing come for you when you're putting out your your music I feel like it's a whole process. It's it's writing the song is part of healing because you've now put it on paper. It's performing the song, singing the song in the studio. It's now it's now recorded and it's something you can listen back to and even nitpick at certain points of the song where, where you've wrote about something in particular and say to yourself, okay, cool, it was actually that that made me think like that. You can actually form your own greater understanding of yourself when you dissect your own music and your own words whether it is music poetry or simple notes and also after having listened to it after knowing that other people have heard it I feel like that's another level of healing as well because you get to you hear different feedback from people and they tell you oh this song made me feel like this or this song triggered me and it made me remember that or it made me feel better about myself and then you look at it from your point of view and you're like okay girl or okay boy where you're coming from so yeah it's definitely a, a journey of healing every song is a whole process okay so the healing feel got down so let's talk about the the sound because I think I got myself in a little bit of trouble for the podcast saying but it's just R&B but I know in your bio and what you say don't let me put in a box so how do people describe your sound I want to hear what you first and I'll tell you about what how, how I felt your your sound so the most common thing I've heard from my friends about my music is that it's more of a trance so my music and my sound is currently what's released anyway I would say a sound that you would vibe to maybe you burn a candle burn some incense if you smoke some herbs you will light one up and just catch a vibe and zone away and trance out and get into your feelings and I kind of agree because I feel like when I when I sing, that is me going off into my own trance and getting up in my feelings. So, yeah, the sound yeah. is, it's a vibe. <laughs> I want to be insensitive, I don't know if it's the right word, but hypnotic. So trance, it's interesting because I feel like, oh, I'm in this now. It lifts, it lifts, it lifts, lifts my mood. And even yesterday... I was in a bit of a funk about something and I just put, I can't remember which one it was. Was it the liquid po- liquid potion? The, sorry. Say again? Liquid motion. Liquid motion. Sorry, I don't know why I said liquid potion. but And I just put that on like yesterday and just lift my mood. I was like, oh, okay. I can't remember why I was in the funk yesterday. But I, it was like, I can't remember it now. I was just like, I just put that on and I thought, I'm, I'm I'm healed. <laughs> my, my my day is saved. Putting um that that song on. Um. So yeah, it's just the power of music, isn't it? The power of music is just incredible. And and you feel those. I don't know if there must be some scientists. If there's some scientists who are listening or watching, telling me how it 
how it heals my heart you know tell me because it's it I can't explain it um not very well but I, I just felt something general vibrations of music I feel like mm. it actually goes through our whole body because I feel like most of the time you play a song and it's very hard to keep still if you play certain levels of frequencies within music you mm. can't sit there still you have to move and I feel like when a bass or a vibration hits your body and you want to dance there's no way you can dance and feel sad mm. I feel like you move your body with with a call from from a sound automatically has to be a happy movement it's just or it's a release and it's like I feel like it's such a a beautiful expression to be able to move from music. Absolutely. I feel like it happens inside. So even if you're, you know, some people are, are paralytic and they can't actually move the body. I know they're dancing in their body. Their heart is just like, mm, mm, I can feel it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, the power. Yeah. So the, the quote which you sent to me via email a while ago is like, I sing to enlighten myself with my truths, my mood and my soul. I feel that is just sums it all up in one, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so who inspired you to make music? Um, I would say, I would say my inspiration to make music had to have come from myself and encouragement from my mother. but artists that continue to to encourage me I would say would be Whitney Houston Alicia Keys Mm -hmm. and surprisingly Patti LaBelle so I used to listen to her a lot like my mum would play Patti LaBelle all the time and it's just her her tone and her ability to just more or less scream but in tune and I'm just all for it. Like I love that old American gospel soul feel and I feel like she's got that. So I'd say those are the artists that have definitely encouraged me to continue making music. Okay. Did you watch her verses? Was it with, um, was it with Gladys Knight? I can't remember. Remember she did a verse? Hmm? Yeah, man. She's if she ever came to concert, man, I just yeah. Oh, I know. My mum saw her live, and I was so jealous. I was like, oh. what? Is she, does she obviously it's COVID, but does does she does she um tour in the UK often? No, this was years ago. I think my mum was even in. I'm not too sure whether she was in the USA when she actually saw her live because it was a long time ago. But I was so jealous. Uh, Patty the Bell need to give her her flowers. I always have a debate, talk to people, which is the bet the better vocalist over time, Aretha Franklin or um, Patty the Bell, and I, and people cuss me because I think Patty the Bell is is a better a better singer technically. But people are like, no Aretha Franklin. I'm like, I know Aretha Franklin is amazing, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I just I get cussed all the time for it. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm biased. To be honest, I do like Pat about slightly better than Aretha Franklin as a singer. Um, and I don't know if um, Patty Labelle smokes, but you when of course Aretha Franklin did smoke and she went through a lot of stuff. Her voice de- deteriorated, mm-hmm. and um, as she got older, like most like most voices, but when you smoke, it's a bit. 
So she couldn't do the stuff what she could do in her early career, but Patty LaBelle's been quite consistent-ish. Yeah. So that's what I see as, um, as not like I sing or anything, but as a technical bit, that's, that's my spin. So please don't come at me. I know people, Arika Franken is amazing and everything. Okay. So when did you start performing? When did you start like, I am a, I am a singer. I am an artist. When did that start? So when I was in primary school, I started doing musical theatre productions mm. in school and outside of school. So from a young age, I always kind of knew that, you know, I love to sing, but more in a theatrical manner rather than, you know, the everyday mm. thing that I kind of do now. So when I was in college, I went off and did the same thing, musical theatre, dance, drama, done the same thing in university as well. And I've always kind of known that I wanted to be a singer, but it wasn't until... I would say my mid first year of university where I sat down and I actually performed at a talent show, one of my own songs that I'd written and the reception told me, okay, cool. You need to record all of your songs and get them out there. So when I finished university, I said, cool, it's, it's time for me to, you know, start recording my own music and, and releasing it to the world. So I always had it in the back of my mind that I'm going to be a singer. This is the dream. This is what I want to do and what I want to achieve. But I did, you know, do the the education thing first and, and put my education first and get that done so I can just go ahead and start my dream. So the education thing, just putting it out there, um, was it was influenced by your parents so that you have to do it or is that what you wanted to do? I think it was a mixture because I, I do have an African mother and her mother, my grandma, is the traditional African woman, you know. So I've got a family on my mother's side, which, you know, surprisingly and luckily are very supportive of the fact that I wanted to go and study something within the creative world at university. So I've I have, I've had that balance of, you know, you're going to have to get your education, but if your education is creative, you still must go for it. So, yeah. It it sounds like a luxury. (laughs) So thank God for that, because I come from Jamaican parents and they're like, and even in my school, I wanted to do acting, right? (laughs) And then even when you know you do your UCAS, the, the university form, and I tried to put like acting or I can't remember, go to do drama, I don't know where. And then my, my, my head assist, the head of um, sixth form and um, my mom was like, no, change it. Just do psychology. <laughs> I was just like, even my head of six was in, in on it. It was just like, nah, you're not doing drama. I'm like, why? Yeah, you're not doing it. So I'm just like, <laughs> tears. But then, you know, even when you try to take it out of your, your kids, it comes back full circle because even if I don't do drama, but I'm still doing something creative. I've got two degrees. I don't use them. <laughs> and uh, now I'm doing, like, I work as a jeweler and do and do other stuff and create content. So, you know, it always comes back full circle, but it just shows that, like, it's great when your parents see your talent and they, and they nurture it and look where you are today, you know, creating really mm. great music. So, yeah, it's just, it just sounds like if I ever become a parent, I'm like, if I see their talent, no matter what it is, I try to nurture it early yes. so they can just blossom. So, yeah. So whereas I'm just thinking like you, you talked about uni and you know the talent show when what's your favorite place to perform do you have a special place where you feel, I know 
of these times, but back in normal life when it was the world, what was your favorite place to perform and, and, and why? Um, my favorite place to perform. I've performed in a few places, but they've all been on, you know, one occasion. So I can't actually say I have a favorite location to perform. But if oh, I oh, where do you think the crowd is most receptive? What was your most memorable like performance then? Um, I performed at an event by a group called House Money, and it was in South South London, and. It was one of those vibes where everybody in the audience is receptive. So you come on stage, it's, yes, honey, yes, girl, God damn, just energy. And then when you start singing, it's, yeah, 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 click, 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 boop, 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 all of that. That was the best performance I think I've actually been to because everyone in the audience was very much so there, vocally, physically, you know, energy-wise everybody was there and I think that was my my favorite performance because whilst I was on stage once I came off the reception was amazing like I met so many good people that day as well and mm -hmm, that was a good day house money they put on amazing events okay cool and what type of events do they do like obviously music but what type of different type of events so they put on each time they do an event, it's like a different colour and different vibe and they bring on different types of artists. So one night it might be a grime scene, the next night it might be so on R&B, the other night it may be, you know, rap and hip-hop vibes. So there's a variety of genres they do each time. Understood, understood. So how have you navigated over the last kind of year as an artist what have you been doing have you been performing somehow How have you navigated so I would say I've been recording a lot I've been getting to know myself and I've been learning a lot more about the music industry the business of music the the analytics the marketing more than I ever have before and I now I'm at a point where I understand what I want and what I would need from someone who would be a manager. We'll get into that because I talked to someone, I don't know if you know the platform called Neo Soul. Do you know them? Neo um, Neo and Neo Mag. So I was chatting to them and they're like music managers who had experience in managing artists. So for someone like yourself as an independent artist, what do you need from a manager and what do you need marketing wise for you to succeed in this industry? So I would see, say marketing-wise, I would need, you know, content and like visual content, whether it's photos, videos, you know, Instagram reels, IGTVs, these sort of images that represent me that allow an audience to gravitate towards me and understand my brand as, as an artist in, in my physical essence rather than the actual sound. Um, and promotion, I would say, someone who can help me reach the, the musical platforms that I would love to be on, that would con connect me to different radio presenters and radio stations for me to make my own relationships with them and develop, you know, a, a steady bond where every time I've got music, there's no doubt they're going to play it. Um, and someone that can help me help myself so 
the way I help myself is by trying to network with other people and find different reaches, whether it's in, in the fashion world, music world. Yeah, someone who can add to that. Okay. And cool. also someone who's very organised. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. So there was one bit is about the aesthetics. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to touch on that. There's a lot of things I want to talk to you about visually because that's what I think what attracted me more to what you do is the visuals. There was something about um, about the marketing and, and and networking. So as people listening to this, like, okay, let's start with the network. How do you network? How do you network so you can form these relationships like organically and get what you want and stuff like that? Could you explain that in the music? industry you message a person now especially during this this time where everything's a lot less physical you drop the message and that's it it's that's it it's either a open arms yes response or it's a closed response whether you either get air or you get a one-worded answer or you get a lack of energy which kind of speaks for itself I feel like people's responses are always very telling of what they're willing to do for you although you can actually sometimes you know just get someone on a wrong day and continue to try and get there in the end simply because they were unsure of your intentions but um yeah we can all you have to do is just try just drop the inbox and just go for it because I used to think and I think the UK especially have this this mentality of ah oh, let's not inbox them because I don't know them it's going to look like I'm being a beg no it's going to look like you're asking for help and guidance within what you want to do in life and support and I feel like a lot of us have this fear of judgment of being the beg friend or being seen being looked as though, oh yeah, this person's always asking for something. No, we just want to make our dreams come true. So I know there's certain things I can't do, so I'm going to have to go and ask someone else who can do it. Even if it means I have to pay you, or we just build a great relationship and, you know, we work together. So yeah, I think just go for it. Drop the inbox, drop the DM, drop the email and wait and see because I've always been told you it's either yes or no yeah close the mouths don't get fed so yeah there's no science to it you just need to just put the work in and put the grind in okay so we talk about the networking um it was about the marketing bit so people might want to do the music like how do you market in this world or know how to market in this world because social media and life is just there's so much stuff how do you even get started that is the place I am still learning more Mm. and I'm still yet to learn how to completely master marketing I personally think because because I I'm I'm not boxed into one genre that allows me to to sing in multiple ways different genres of music different vibes it allows me to dress in different types of ways because you know one day I might want to do trainers and a hoodie the next day I might want to do a floral dress and heels so it allows me to express myself in clothing and visual aspects and aesthetics in multiple ways so I feel like because of that 
it makes it a lot harder for me, me personally, to figure out how to market myself because I'm not one one thing. There's there's so much, and I'm still figuring out how to put what is me into combustion one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it's it's that running that's running Fred, isn't it? And I. It, just reflecting as myself as a different type of artist as a jeweler you know I just want to put out stuff and then people are like uh it's too confusing you need to think about what makes you or market or communicate what is your golden thread to people are like, okay that is a Cassandra product or that is what she does but I feel like your sound is very you know it's not I'm not saying say it's the same but the vibe what I feel from it I'm like okay I know that this is a K-Soul um, song, if you know what I mean. Um, talking about aesthetics, who I really want to get into. How did you come up with the visual brand? Now, because I feel like even though you do wear different things, there is a continuity. There is something con- consistent. The way how you um, put yourself visually on online. Can you um, talk about that process of how you got there? I feel a lot of it comes from the fact that I was a drama student Mm. and I absolutely love to dress up, whether it's, you know, fancy dress or it's just generally putting on an outfit that creates a mood and a different character. Um, So I find that a lot of the times when I'm going through my video treatments and I go through each outfit for each scene, I think to myself, what is this character trying to express what is what did I suggest this outfit for for this part of the song and what is what is it trying to express how am I going to get people to resonate with this part of the song with what I'm wearing here so it's always character based I would say so if there's a part of the song where I don't know maybe my expression feels a bit more gangster maybe I might just dress a little bit more you know, gangster. <laughs> Maybe I may have a hoodie on or, or, you know, some baggy clothes or something that just makes me feel, I don't even like to say it, but it makes me feel like I'm urban and with the trend. So, yeah, it's, all, it's definitely the fact that I was a drama student. I feel like I, that... So what comes first? So you have you have your song, you make make your song first, and then when you're doing your treatment, what you're thinking about locations, obviously your your styling, like how does what 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 comes first, the location or the mood? Like can you walk me through that process? Because I think the art direction, I feel even for me as a jeweler, when I'm trying to do my jewelry, I'm just like, oh god, there's too much to think about. I just want to show the jewelry, but you can't. You got to show the lifestyle. You got to show how it can identify with someone else. So could you? I just feel like maybe because I'm not, I didn't do drama and you lived my dream. <laughs> um, I I just, I, I, I can't put them into com- com- components. I can't easily identify how these things are done. Um, I would say that, that with the creative process, sometimes it, it varies. So it's not always so routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say sometimes I might even write a song and before I've even recorded it, I've already visually got an idea of a video in my head mm-hmm. there's times where you know I have no idea what I want to do and then I've listened to the song a hundred times and I'm like got it 
I know what it is. So it could be, it's always a case of the lyrics and how they speak to me on what I can actually visualise. And my process, majority of the time, is what I want to wear and how I want to look first. And then I figure out the outfits in my head. And then from there, I say to myself, this outfit would look good in this set. So it's always clothing and and the character and who I'm trying to be or emulate from that song first before I think about the the setting. Okay, okay, that may okay. That I I just feel like I need to embrace different approaches about how to style and doing jewel, jewelry shoots or jewelry videos. I never I never thought about them. Just like oh god, just. I've got to put something out there, but I've got to make it look a bit interesting and just hope for the best. It's like going to the ATM and just like, is there money inside? Please, 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 and there's money. So yeah, I I should be more um, intentional, I guess. Um, Yeah, no, I've I've learned, I've learned a lot now. But looking at your videos, because they're so creative and you're independent artists, I'm going to be a bit cheeky. I'm not going to ask you to be too cheeky, but they look very high end. Obviously, I'm not expecting not to be high end. But how do you do that as an independent artist? Girl, I've been working. Fair enough, fair enough. I have been working. So I, I, everything I make from work, I reinvest into myself and my music and what I want to do. So if it means that I don't see my friends for a whole month because I'm using, you know, the, the month prior's pay to support my video, that's the end of the next month, so be it. Because it just means that, you know, you're going to see the video. Like, oh my God, that was good, Kay. Now I understand why I didn't see you last month because you were saving. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I literally just, I work and reinvest my money into my music. But I'm hoping to get myself to a point where, you know, I can start seeking sponsorship and getting into conversations with people with different brands and different things so when it comes to my actual video shoots I'm in collaboration with people so if it means my friend's got a clothing business or clothing line and you know she makes all the clothes for the video shoots or she's got a bag of clothes and we use that for the day it's a collaboration or my friend's got a jewelry line and I say hey girl let me use your jewelry jewels for my video let's go (laughs) so just stuff like that just you know, networking with more people and seeing how I can financially make things a little bit easier for myself. Because I'm telling you, yeah. I, I when 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 I heard the financially thing, it just hit me. Because back in the day, when I before let's say back in the day, before COVID life, I used to spend lots of money on on photo shoots. Got get got get the model, got pay for the lighting, da, da, da. and I'm like, I can do this at home. <laughs> I could do a lot of this at home. COVID, I was like, why am I spending literally? lot of money where my iphone so i upgraded this is me this is not for your music video at all because it won't work but just i upgraded the iphone because i was like oh i've got to give apple money so i did the, got the latest iphone and the iphone works really well i didn't realize that and i had to be resourceful because i can't be spending thousand pounds on um jewelry shoots um not anymore so yeah I, just, I feel like I just get so inspired looking visually at like your kind of like music videos and what can I do within my little little budget <laughs> because um yeah because I just feel like some of them are so simple like that spoken word piece of kitty cat it was just so simple but so effective 
you know it's so effective and like sometimes when you see other people everyone has their own different taste but you do 10 million shots and shock value and it just detracts away from the essence of the, the message you yeah. know and I just feel like I feel like I feel like maybe it makes sense now talking about you do drama and the theatrics and the costumes or you know it makes sense now how it's just so striking and so impactful so yeah I guess from a marketing standpoint of visuals that's how I found you isn't it so yeah so that's makes you know I, I just I'm just having a bit of a, um, a realization like art direction is king or or, or queen um mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't realize that until like a couple of months ago so yeah thank you for sharing that I really do appreciate the um, the honesty so we talked about the treatment to how you record and I know you're going to record your next video soon do you want to talk about that next week next okay. week okay so with this one I would say this is the first video that I've let go of a lot of creative control that I usually have so I've teamed up with one of my friends who is actually an art director and a stylist and a photographer she's just an all-around creative so yeah we've been working together to create um, the video treatment and you know she's also gone ahead and been my stylist as well so the clothing selection is off of brief notes of what I wanted and she's gone off and said cool you're wearing this you're wearing that and we're gonna order this and blah blah so I feel like with my next video you you may see a little bit of a difference Mm. in my styling and the creative direction simply because I've I've worked in collaboration with my friend and it's not just my ideas and I feel feel like that's very important as well coming up in the music industry is to collaborate artistically not just through music but you know in visuals because there's always more and there's always something that someone can turn around to you and say do you know what I feel like this could be better if we add this or this would be better if we take away that so yeah my next video is a big collaboration with my friend and I'm really excited to just bring it to life and get everything executed the way we planned it to be because it's going to be the first video off of my next EP. Okay. So talking about collaborations, what I saw online, congratulations on your Vogue um, feature, which you had. Um, I I I might not get it right. So the Vogue feature and um, your collaboration with Gucci and Roundhouse, or Roundtable, sorry. Yeah? So it was about um, a project about Black British identity and family. Could you tell us more about that? collaboration and your Vogue feature? So that collaboration came across because they wanted to to highlight some Black influences via using their children. So my mum's Lady Phil and she owns UK Black Pride. So they emailed me and said, hey there, would you like to do a project on your mother and find a picture of her that you would like to, you know, reincarnate? a modern day version of and I was literally screaming I was like yes honey with who with Gucci oh my god I was like wow so yeah it was really it was just amazing I went to the shoot my hair and makeup was done everything was just set out it was lovely professional and after everything they messaged me saying that you know we're going to have Vogue that are going to feature the project on their website and that was like 
a dream come true because I've always said, you know, I'd love to be featured on Vogue, whether it's the magazine, whether it's the website, or even if I just had my words on the web on the website page. And it's literally happened. Both my picture, my video, and my actual written words are up on their website. So it was like an early birthday present, a really, really early one. <laughs> but yeah. And how was it on on the set, like putting on the clothes? Because like it was a very interesting. Was it body suit? I can't remember. It was just very interesting colors. All I remember was the colors you you were wearing. How it was that? Great. It was amazing. To they took me to the changing rooms and they were like, "Cool, there's all these clothes. These ones have your names on it. So, you know, we're gonna see which ones work best." So I think I tried on a good three to four dresses and different shoes, which was really nice to try on. And, yeah, we ran with the floral vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's most mostly because the picture that we chose of my mother was more or less her in a floral dress. Mm-hmm. So we went for the, the flowery, dreamy look. Okay. So looking at your... Um, okay, there's a few more questions for the act. So there's about... The spoken word so I know you don't want to put, put in the box but um how do you create like poetry and spoken word in your music so with my poetry and my spoken word that came across because I wanted to break down the song a little bit more because I felt like kitty cat was somewhat to some people, depending on how people dissect words, was was vague on the depth of what I was talking about. So to some ears, it would come across that, okay, yeah, she's talking about the vagina. She's talking about, you know, having a big bum. She's talking about the typical things that, you know, you know, the Megans and the Cardi B's talking about, when realistically I was talking about the divinity and the power of the vagina and the fact that, it enables so much life on earth, like both through giving birth and both emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a spoken word piece and I thought maybe this would give a, a deeper elaboration and explanation of the actual track. Mm. It does um, give a different meaning because you slowing down the word, you know, it felt a bit, it's just different. Okay. So, Okay, so could we go through the meaning of hoes get the name wrong? So, so don't kill liquid motion, right? Yes. Go through that because in my head, you know, you know, you know what I need to do, and I and I I have to confess, um, I don't. Sometimes I listen to the vibe first, then the lyrics. Used to when I was younger, when I was really into music, I listened to the lyrics. I could tell the lyrics. I can tell the interpretation. I could, I used to research. And then as I got older, I'm just like, I'm not as intentional. I'm like the vibe. Yeah, the vibe. So I just want to know from the artist, like what is your, what was the intention for that song? Because I think that's one of my favourite songs of yours. My intentions for Liquid Motion... My intentions for that song, I would say, would be to express the poison of a relationship Mm. and that it can go two two ways, Mm. that 
So there's a line in that song where I said, the poison of my mind is conflicted by, by my time. So I was expressing the fact that, you know, sometimes you're in a relationship and you're so far gone that you're not even seeing your own toxicity. toxicity. Mm-hmm. And there's poison within your mind because of what you've allowed yourself to be stuck in. So that song was literally me expressing that. And the chorus, even though it's minimal words and it's more like me just, ah, that is me screaming and crying and expressing that. So sometimes there's certain notes that I do that are not just, oh, it's a simple riff or she's she's feeling a gap. It is, it's a cry and it is a vocal, non-lyrical expression of that feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Well, thank you. So I just want to make sure that I'm on the same page because sometimes... Um, I just speak for music and I said, this is what it means to me. And if you think, oh, it means this. And then oh, it's like, no, it means this. I was like, oh, okay. That gives me another new rebirth of listening to that, to that mm-hmm. song. And sometimes we don't always get to know their intention. I know we need, we need to interpret it how, how we want to, but it's just nice to get that, that inside information. Yeah. Okay. So the, usually the last question I ask people <clears throat> this podcast is like, what was the, the best thing or your biggest accomplishment someone said about your music? Oh, the best thing somebody has said about my music would be, do you know what it would be? My friend once said to me, she listens to Kitty Cat and she felt like a bad bitch. I said, yes, honey. She was like, I felt like that girl. She was like, yeah, I realised that, you know, not that I'm trying to make girls think men aren't anything because, you know, men are just as divine as as we are. But she literally said to me, she was like, I felt like that bitch. She was like, I didn't need no man. She was like, I realised that, you know, pussy really is power. And I was like, yes, girl. That is what I'm trying to put across in my music is to empower people whether, you know, you do identify as female or, or male or non-binary, whatever way I can empower, I will empower. And, yeah, that was the best, that was the best thing that was said to me because it, it made me realise that I had a, an emotional effect that was, you know, evident in her life via my music. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I could... I can see that. I can. I can feel that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> All right. Before we're going to ask how people can get in contact with you, I've just saw as a jeweler. I cannot deny. I see two pieces of jewelry. So tell me about how you got those pieces and um, what 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 it means to you. So I will start this one. A very small gold ring mm-hmm. is from my grandma. I think she got it in Ghana, and. She's literally soaked it in holy water. She's prayed over it. And every night before I have my shower, before I go to bed, I put it in my little bowl full of crystals just so it can, you know, emulate all the vibes and the good vibrations and all those things. And it is a very spiritual ring for me. It's almost like a wedding band. I don't let people wear it. If I do take it off, it's very rare that I would let somebody touch it. Um, this, This ring means a lot to me. 
This ring I got from St. Lucia. I bought it for myself. That's why I like it, because I spent my own money on it, and it's great. <laughs> um, this is another necklace I got from St. Lucia from my mother's friend, which means a lot to me, because I got it for my birthday. And it was also the first time that I met this lady, and she was just a brilliant woman. So I literally cried when I received this. So it means a lot. And my first time in St. Lucia, so I was like, yes. And um, this necklace... Oh my gosh, this one was really a big whim. I was on TikTok <laughs> and I saw an advert and I was like, oh, that looks nice. So I bought it. So I feel like a lot of the times we need to be careful with the ads on, on social media, especially TikTok and, and Instagram ads popping up saying, oh, buy this. I took the risk. I took the risk all because I wanted a K on my neck. So there wow. it is. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Okay, great. So where can we find you, your latest projects, et cetera, et cetera? You can find me on all social media platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all under KSOL underscore eight. And my music is also out on Spotify, iTunes, Audio Mac, SoundCloud, under case so that's case space s-o-u-l and yes that's all my music platforms and socials and my most recent project is a single called the time being and i've got a video and audio out to that which you can find on youtube and every everything else is in, in my link in my bio Perfect. Okay. And everything's going to be in the show notes. So please support KSO, you know, by listening, by supporting, commenting, liking. Yeah. We need to support all incredible talent. Right. So um, it's before I go or before we go, is there anything you'd like to add? Or if I didn't ask you anything, what I should have? No, I just want to say a big thank you for having me on because you're at, it was absolute pleasure talking to you even prior to starting the podcast and yes just want to say thank you to my fellow black queen my black sister yes yeah thank you very much no I really um like you know you just don't know just like you said just do a message you just don't know who you talk to so this is you know it's such a pleasure to meet creatives um you know people like you who are just like healing healing I think I'm gonna listen to you straight after this because today's gonna be a long day and I just need to get through the day today <laughs> so yeah I do appreciate it so please check out Kay's soul and her music everything's gonna be in the show notes the bio everything um yeah so this is the create for you podcast with Cassandra Lauren Gordon the host and Kay soul and we will speak soon Thank you for listening to the Black Creative Handbook, your handbook for success, the manual, what you need to get there. Keep on working with us. Please share, comment, rate us, just help us out. We help you, you help us, we're a family. Speak soon, next time, same time, next week show everybody love.